Hey guys, this is John. And Austin. This is another episode of the Meat Logistics Podcast. We're heavy on the meat portion of that, less on the, the logistics side, more on the meat side. That's okay. We've got a bunch of samples of stuff to try, um, and then something to talk about. And did that? That didn't happen. Didn't I hit caught the it. ground, though. I caught it. Austin tried to throw a piece of sausage in his mouth, and it bonked <laughs> off his nose or something. What we've got here, uh, we have Hawaiian heat wave from Clouds. Uh, Clouds is nice enough to send some of us or send us some of their sausage for uh, Bratfest so that we could sell it and then donate the money to Wichita Air Capital Flyer Special Olympics team. But we had a little problem with a health inspector uh, who didn't want us selling this because of an inspection bug not being there or something. Yeah, we we screwed something up. Yeah, whatever. But that allows us to eat it. And this is pretty darn good sausage. I'm impressed. I'm normally not a fan of pineapple things, Hawaiian things. Um, it was, um, I think it was the live stream while you were gone, when you were fishing, goofing off, hmm. you know, doing something. Yeah, um, we had people. We had a couple of different people request for like a couple of different pineapple brought things. Hmm. I was there for that one. You were there for that one? Uh-huh. Okay. But like when I first hear stuff like that, I just dismiss it. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't even want it. No. But this is good. very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. It's uh, got pro- nitrites in it, so it's nice and pink. Professional fat guy. The way this sausage just holds up right now. <laughs> take a bite out of it. Like it's not all mushy, like very still circular every bite but not too chewy. It's the casing is a perfect house for the meat inside. Let me tell you. So that was, what did we say? A fat guy's review? Professional fat Professional guy. Professional fat guy. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah. Very, very tasty. Big fan of that. Luckily we have more packages. So some of those will be coming home with me. Do you have any, anything else you want to add about it? Just that I'm going to keep eating like, a lot of times we sit here and like you keep eating and I just kind of, yeah, I eat some. This is going to be gone. This is the first thing I've eaten all day though because I've been fasting to dinner every day and obviously on Wednesdays I won't be doing that. Yeah. So expect my food intake during these podcasts to go <laughs> way up. Great. All right. Then we've also got a couple other things. Um, Kurt Carter, our longest tenured salesman, was out in his route recently and he stopped by Allwell's. Uh, a couple months ago, we had some dry cured sausage to try uh, from, I can't remember the name, and I apologize to to Allwells for that right now, but they have, or is it Kurzweil's? Could have been either or. Could have been either one of those. I'm pretty customers. sure it was Allwells, though. Um, but they have a section of their, it's either Kurzweil's or Allwells, has a, a section of the company specifically that focuses on uh, salumi. And so we have three new ones to try. We also got a bag of their beef jerky, um, and I just, being above board here, there were three pieces in here, and now there's only four, or only two. Oh, it says all wells on the bag, so. But that one does, but that not that's not necessarily these. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is a uh, beef jerky from them. It is Kicking Cajun, small batch beef jerky. It says all natural, no MSG, no nitrites added, and it's got that little plus plus symbol that says to look at the bottom of the bag and it says except for those occurring naturally in celery juice. So it's got celery juice. 
I hate that even small processor processors are doing that now. Why they can charge idiots more? I wish we could just put Shurecure in it and call mm. it a day. We can. True. That's Damn. very good. It's nice and tender. Um, but even with this, they're doing the same thing that we are. Beef, water, brown sugar. Yep. So it really is. I've, I've been thinking a lot recently on a way to try to make that tender jerky with, with less brown sugar. Um, I'm making a, a batch tomorrow uh, for Zubilee. And then also I'm going to grab um, Kelsey, the one of the newer customer service agents, and run her through that as well. Um, and I was thinking, like, what if I run it through our tenderizer attachment to the grinder? Like, that'll break it up mm -hmm. a little bit more. But I still, because it's Zubilee, I think I'm just going to go and do our regular process. And then I'll at some point try a smaller batch with just that and less sugar. Or just... I don't know how hard would it be to do your normal thing on most of it, but just pull out a few slices and tenderize them and just do it. Keep it. Mm, I no. wouldn't want to do that. Okay. All right. Allwell's jerky is very good. Delicious. It's very, very good jerky. It is uh, $7 for three ounces. Okay. So five and a half of these servings per pound. So you're talking $40 a pound for jerky they're able to charge. That's not bad. No. I mean, to be honest, that's kind of what I'd say is an expected price nowadays. I was just talking with Dylan yesterday. Um, Dylan's, for those that don't know, my brother, VP of sales. Um, he other was, brother. Other brother. He was talking with one of our commercial salesmen and giving them grief for uh, what their jerky costs and how much it was per pound. Just mm. ribbing him, joking with him. And Dylan was like, well, yeah, I can go to Menards and buy it for $20 a pound. And he, <laughs> the guy just lost it. He's like, oh, come on. That's not even the same. Because <laughs> you can still, you can go get cheaper jerky. That's, it's just, it's not, it's not going to be the same. Right. It's still, it's still jerky. It's still edible. It's still, it still might be good, but it's, it's not good, good. It won't have the, um, tenderness or the depth of flavor that that has because mm -hmm. that is hitting every note and a lot of times when you you get cheaper jerky it's one stringy so it's a little bit or it's very hard to chew and two it's just overloaded with salt and that is not so the more tender it is too the easier time i have with my teeth and not having to pick out mm -hmm. pieces and go back with a flosser because i got a piece that's just absolutely wedged in there so, so I don't remember if I don't remember if we said um, the Hawaiian breeze or Hawaiian heat was from clouds. That was from Allwells, and I'm pretty sure this is from Allwells too, just to make sure. All right, so we've got three different ones here. I want to start with the one I want to try the least. Um, and Austin's initial reaction to it was that looks dirty. So this is an Italian meatball salami, um, and it is coated on the outside in cornmeal. So that cornmeal looks awkward. So for those watching, kind. for those watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see some of this. I thought my arm was going to get sliced there. That was scary. Um, but it's, yeah, I'm sure it'll taste fine. I don't know. That just that look is not good. So they coated the outside of it with cornmeal. 
I know it's going to taste good, but sometimes the, the way that like a dried sausage looks is not the most appetizing thing in the world. And this fits that category. Just the cornmeal's, it's, it looks weird. The texture of it is not good. Either. Like not of the sausage, of the cornmeal on the outside. Like it's a little gritty. I don't like that. <clears throat> the taste of the Italian meatball salami is actually quite good. I'm going to real quick rinse a piece off and see what that does. Minus the cornmeal texture. Yeah. Just being different. I like the texture of the meat. I like the oh, flavor yeah, the of the meat. The great. It's a really good sausage. So it's hard to get but the, the cornmeal off. But the appearance, yeah, just not what I'm used to. But once you try it, that, I mean, the appearance will not stop me from eating it now. <laughs> and John's going to wander around the room yep. looking for a paper towel. Yeah, so you can't get the cornmeal off. <laughs> you can't get the cornmeal off, really. <laughs> um, but the taste of the sausage by itself is quite nice, actually. So Very good. They are Italian meatball salumi or salami. Uh, this is Mexican mole salami. Uh, so a, Mex a Mexican mole sauce is like a chocolate type of sauce. So I'm real interested to try this. I had some of that sauce randomly in my pantry. Uh-huh. And I, like, took a picture of it uh, to do, like, a Google search or whatever that new feature is. It's, like, I use it all the time around random people's homes. I go, that looks like it might be worth money or a collectible. Let me find <laughs> out. And I just whip out my phone. So I did it with this just to get an idea of what it was because the packaging was in Spanish. And it was like $130 for this thing, like less than the size of a Hershey's bottle of what? chocolate. Yeah. It was like some rare or whatever authentic. This is in your pantry? Not anymore. Yeah. When I Do moved, we? I threw it like, hey, buy this expensive, maybe old chocolate mole kind mm -hmm. of sauce that I know nothing about. It's foreign. You know, I don't think I'd get what I want out of it. So we have a sausage. Do we still have chocolate chili bratwurst? Yeah. Okay. So we have a sausage chocolate chili bratwurst, and the closest thing that I explain it to is like a mole. Um, and this is similar to that. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's got a good flavor. Um, definitely some chocolatey-ish notes. Certainly some Mexican spices to it. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, interesting flavor profile. I like it. Um, but that's something you don't find. You don't find out there very often. Very unique, but very good. All right, last one is a dry cured Lebanon bologna. I'm sure Patrick will want to come up and try some of this. Okay. Let's see what this is like. This one? Yeah, okay. I don't think bologna and dry cured go together well. I'm not, Adam, not a fan of that. Like, it definitely has a bologna flavor to it. But I don't like it. I don't know. It just, I can't pinpoint what's in it. Is it like, is there like maple syrup uh, it's in Leba, it? It's Lebanon bologna seasoning. That's what, that's what will be in it. No, Lebanon bologna sometimes. I mean, we like to add uh, extra um, red pepper when we make our Lebanon bologna, I think it works really well. Um, but without it, yeah, it, that's kind of what it tastes like. So nothing against them for making it. I'm sure they made it 
correctly. I just don't care for the taste of it. Yeah, it's very sweet. I mean, I like. Yeah. It. I feel like I've had it before, and I can't really place what it is. But well, because it's it's very similar in taste to our Lebanon bologna. Mm, no, this is different. Right? No, it's definitely different because it's dry cured. No, no, no. But I mean, like I'm having a breakfast association with it. I'm trying to sift through pastries that I've. Had he said before. maple yeah. syrup. That's what I mean. It, I definitely pick up on that, but I didn't yeah. pick up on that. But okay, I don't know. Yeah, it's not. It's if it's not maple syrup, it's something breakfasty, like you're saying, Patrick. But it's. It, it's just it's different um i would prefer a sausage that's yeah got some red pepper in it that would be probably my proclivity on on something like that but it's still good i wouldn't go as far as you and saying i don't like it but um i like it but not necessarily in my wheelhouse but it's still good yeah I, when i say i don't like it, i just don't like the flavor of it it's an incredibly well-made sausage and I'm sure that it's way better made than what we have going on back in here. No, that sausage is, is a jerk. You can hang out with them for two minutes. So it's looking good back there, too. For those of you watching on YouTube, and if you're just listening, I encourage you to go to YouTube. We have what is hopefully going to be our dry curing cabinet on the back shelf in the back of our kitchen. And in that is some dry cured sausage I made. Uh, I used the pepperoni seasoning, uh, pork butts, and then I used TSPX as the culture. Um, we recorded doing everything. Uh, so we're obviously going to make videos out of this. Hopefully when we come to an agreement to brand this as, as us. Um, and it's been, it's been sitting in there for, God, not that long since after Broadfest. It's only been in there a week. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to make it. <laughs> I just asked. It's, I was like, how long? Do we I thought it had been in there at least three weeks. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's barely been in there a week. Does it have a lock on the front? So you can really. It does. Oh, man, we might have to use that. But I would have the keys, so. No, you won't. Oh, I can, I can chain it closed. <laughs> put a fingerprint reader on it. I've been opening it like 10 times a day, so. How attached to your fingers are you? Eventually, I'm going to need to get in there. Yeah, not attached. Um, opening it releases the worst smell that is also <laughs> the best smell. Oh, interesting. It is um, dirty feet smell is how some people say it. Uh, Dylan said Terry Hauser up at uh, Iowa State said it's like a big, real hairy dog that just went into a pond and is laying in on your porch in a hundred degree heat. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. So you know it's not ready yet, or is it always gonna smell like that? It's always gonna smell like oh. like the what you're smelling Fantastic. is like the putrefaction of the fat mm -hmm. and other uh and the protein as well, but I think mostly the fat. And the TSPX we used has two different um cultures. One is a staphylococcus, and that one is um aimed at creating aroma, creating flavors. It does this by breaking down uh, lipids and another word I can't think of at the at the time. Oh, you had it. This whole paragraph was just filled with awesome words. <laughs> Very hard to say, like things you only say six times a year maybe, <laughs> and he wasn't fumbling, and then boom, forgot it. And then the other one uh, is a um, culture that's designed at keeping it uh, food safe. 
So basically, it, we already achieved the pH drop we needed within the allotted amount of time. We we monitored that. Uh, now we're just waiting for it to develop more and dry out more. All right. So, do we have anything else we want to talk about as far as food before we move on? Oh, man. I could go all day. Just that I didn't talk during the last, like, five minutes because I've just been shoveling food in my mouth the, the entire time. So, make I'm, it up. I'm, I'm still I'm still hooked on the the Hawaiian heat sausage. It's, it's very good, amazing. If there's, uh, so Josh will actually be sending out an email. We're gonna try to get rid of the rest of that, but um, tell all employees five bucks a uh, deal. I'm if he hasn't sent that out by the time this is done, I'm gonna go back there and I'm gonna grab a handful yeah, yeah, yeah. first. Like I need these. Yeah. Can't have everybody having these. Um, one more kind of food thing. Uh, during tomorrow's live or Friday's live stream, which will be the same day this is released, I'm going to bring in some of my deer jerky. I have two flavors, uh, bold and um, teriyaki. Did you roll stock that? Yeah. Uh, Adam Man. wanted to uh, test the roll stock machine, and that's that what we had at the time. Fancy. So my entire deer is roll stocked. Really? Yeah. And I can find many deer, much deer jerky like this. Um, but I've still got a okay amount of it. And I had a bag of it in here and I was starving yesterday. It was the teriyaki. And I'm not usually that big a teriyaki guy, but I ate some of it. I'm like, oh my God, that's good for deer jerky. So I figured I'd share that and we'll draw either one winner for both, a package of both, or two winners and you first person can choose which one they want. So make sure you're at our live stream, waltons.com slash live, 3 p.m., same day this is released. Okay. All right, moving on. We've got uh, something I'm going to start trying to do, which is call out um, users who have new and active users ha who have hit their first 100 posts on Meetgistics. Um, we've got Ski Bum Ben has hit 100 user or 100 posts. Uh, WV Hunter, so West Virginia Hunter, 1965, who's been, I believe, been on a lot of live streams uh -huh. recently. Um, hit 100. Keen, Keened Zero, hit 100, and Mike, Mike, Mike. And every time I read that, all I can think of is that awesome camel commercial. Mike, 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 Mike. Guess what Guess, day it is. Guess what day it is. Um, all right, and then uh, coming up really shortly, uh, we've already uploaded a video on the Walton's uh, smoker soaker that is the humidity towel um, and it already has two reviews and they were both five stars the problem is when you go to the like if you go to the <coughs> smoker accessories you see the two reviews but you click on it and we're still having that problem with trust mm. bot so i can't read what the reviews say so i'm annoyed <laughs> um but Great. uh so that is the humidity towel that you can use to increase the humidity in your smoker. Increased humidity in your smoker is going to help you cook faster. It's going to give you less fluctuation. Uh, your The internal temp won't go as high or as low. Uh, the internal temp of your smoker, sorry. And it's going to keep everything more moist. It's going to prevent drying out. You won't have to worry as much about, um, oh, wow. My brain just went totally dead there. Where the outside... Case hardening? Case hardening. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know why my brain. I don't think I was right going to be able to get that. Uh, but yeah, so we've got that video. That should be coming out probably around Friday. Uh, the jambalaya brought. Patrick is working on that. Um, we shot everything when I made those 50 pounds of jambalaya brought, which was the winner. The number one voted uh, sausage seasoning for Bratfest. Um, the only one I made. 
And wait, hold on. By how many votes, though? Oh, it doesn't matter. By it was, one it vote. Was that the winner. story? And he's not even talking about it. It was the winner. A That's all that matters. Vote. Yeah. Um, and then we've also got a video coming out that we're going to put on uh, YouTube and do some Google ads on it. It is a, uh, a breakdown of what we're doing with our dual speed stuffers and the mystery gift box you get with them now. Uh, so right now, if you buy any of the dual speed stuffers, you are going to get a Walton's digital thermometer. You're going to get a set of suction cup feet, and you're going to get the uh, stuffer flusher eggs. Then you're also going to get one of three of a box of uh, Walton's gloves, a plastic or stainless steel injector. So you're going to get one of those three. And then you're also going to get one of four Walton seasonings. It will be either the Walton's ultimate steak and roast rub. Uh, the uh, Zesty Mojo seasoning. Um, I said it correctly. Uh, or the uh, Walton's and BHA, Kansas BHA, Sweet and Sassy Garlic Pepper, or Wild Game seasoning. I keep having more and more people uh, talk about the Sweet and Sassy and just how good it is. Mm -hmm. That, I, I feel like, is one of the most underappreciated seasoning shakers that we sell. It manages to... <clears throat> Like, yes, it's got pepper in it. Obviously, it's in the name. But it's the garlic that provides the heat in that. I don't exactly know how that is, but it is. Like, as I I can feel heat on my tongue after I eat something with that, I'm like, like that garlic is spicy. So, yep. yeah, it's a very good seasoning. Um, okay. We've done that. Um, we're going to have uh, um, Deer Creek Jones. I can't think of his name. He was, gave us some paddlefish. Uh, we're going to have him on the podcast uh, in maybe next week to try this, if I can get back in touch with him. Uh, he so he's going to be in-house? He's going to be in-house. Sweet. And that's a two-hour drive for him. So Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll have that for him. Uh, we'll, we'll have some paddlefish. We'll try that. We'll talk to him about what it's like getting those things because they are prehistoric-looking animals. I mean, they are, and they're big. And that, those paddlefish are huge. Um and then we'll talk a little bit about what, what you specially, specifically do to process those correctly. All right. We're getting really close to hunting season right around the corner. I made a blog post today that was uh, the results of the poll we put on Logistics that said, what are the best seasonings to use for X, Y, and Z? Uh, so you can go to our blog section to check that out. But kind of springing this on you because I don't think you looked at it ahead. What do you think for... A big game hunter. What is the most important piece of equipment? Oh, that depends. What do you want to do? Gun. It's got to be is a it, gun. No. <laughs> <clears throat> Meat processing equipment. If it is you have nothing and you need one piece of equipment to process, um, I mean, it's got to be, I mean, in theory, it's got to be a grinder. All right. So if you have nothing... And you're looking to process this month's giveaway at waltons.com slash win. Did you see how I did that? That's professional. Finally. He's is hosting. a grinder, a stuffer, and a vacuum sealer. Nice. Now, it's the kitchen, little eight number grinder, but it's still, it'll get you through a season. Mm -hmm. You're not, yeah. Don't try to grind 500 pounds through the thing all at once, but you do it in batches and you're going to be totally fine. Yep. Yep. Make sure you put meat back in the fridge in between <laughs> and... I don't know if I'd recommend trying to grind through a one-eighths plate with that. You might want to stick to some chunkier sausages. Uh, yeah. To be honest, I've even 
We'll see. This is right before we went on air. I told you, like, if it was up to me, I would have every kitchen appliance known to man in my kitchen. I would love to have like a little number eight in my kitchen because I would even with everything we have here and everything we can do, I would still have one at home just to fresh grind hamburger and pork butts when I'm when I'm doing just making a meal of something, even just like I'm doing breakfast. I'd fresh grind pork sausage, put in my breakfast sausage seasoning and and make stuff right then and there. So much better. But I, that's something I have to talk my wife into, which is not, it's well, not going to happen. But even if anything else, you just keep a small grinder that like that in the kitchen for your impromptu stuff like that. Sorry, I kept trying to break in and I eventually just ate. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I'm doing a, a carnivore diet again, mm -hmm. so I got sick of being fatter than Austin. So uh, I've been fasting to dinner or trying like around then most nights. And initially, like the first week, I ate all I all I was eating was meat. Period, and I would eat a steak and another protein. So that was like chicken some nights. It was pork some nights, but it was like only steak. And two or three nights ago. I had a steak and I was just like, do I really want to cook this other steak? And I even thought, I'm like, if I had a grinder here, I would 100% grind this and eat it tartare with just some Walton's Ultimate Steak and Roast Rub on it. Wow. But I didn't because I didn't have a grinder. Well, there you go. But if you do have a grinder and you have what you know is a nice clean piece of steak, sanitize everything, man, tartare. Dude, it's all it good. Took, all it took was one time for him to eat raw meat and now he's all about it. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm all about it. Well, I don't bring a, it up that's all the a, time. Well, all, okay, sure. But this is like an extreme, I'm just going to eat raw. You know what? If I had a grinder, I'm just going to eat this steak raw. Like I, that thought alone might be considered extreme to some people who've never eaten, you know. I mean, you could make the argument that this is raw. Ooh, man. When he's it, fighting It's not thermally processed. Facts, what are you going to do? No, but it's been, it has, it has gone through. A change. Do you like want any more is, of this? Because I cannot stop eating the jerky. No, I gotta stop. I'm. Okay. I am. I am getting Sorry. full. Go ahead. Um, and I. I would like to be able to eat dinner. See what he does. See, oh, yeah. you were about to make several great points, and then he interrupted, <laughs> and then he interrupted with food, and he couldn't even get going. He knows me too so, well. With 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 everything you're doing on like your diet and your eating and raw food, I just have a vision of you like five years from now turning into like the Liver King guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. I've, one of the reasons I went to the doctor is because I, I wanted my testosterone checked, hoping that it would be low <laughs> so, so that I could get on TRT. <laughs> like I was begging for it to be low. They came back and they're on the upper edge of normal for my age. And our doctor, who's the same, was uninterested in having the conversation that maybe it was low because this and it could be higher. He's like, no, you're no, fine. Give it, come on. Give me the juice. I man. was really <laughs> wanting it. <laughs> So bad. Get back knee again. But you're the only guy. Bulging like, everywhere. They tell me like, ah, oh, it's normal. You go, damn her. No. It was supposed to be low. I mean, oh. that's fine. Can cool. we just test it again next month? Yeah, maybe. Hold on. I wasn't feeling. Just eat a bunch of soy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I have Tyler Webster written down here. So Tyler Webster does the Birds, Booze, and Buds podcast, and we advertise with him. And I cannot remember why I wrote his name down. <sighs> hmm. Oh, I don't know why I would have written his name down. I talked to him yesterday or a couple of days ago. 
uh, Sunday, I think, uh, Tuesday, I sent him out another uh, chambered vacuum sealer. And then we're going to take it off uh, renewal for next year. So cool. I guess maybe that's why I did it. I don't know. I don't know. You were just on the phone with him. I couldn't help. But I was on the phone with my mom. Oh, he called and I was like, oh, what's he calling? So I'll call you back. Mom, hold on. My, then, my buddy's <laughs> you on hung the up on your mom. <laughs> yeah. This is work. Mom, but then see you later. Travis Frank called a couple of days before. And I'm like, it's kind of odd that these people with their own TV shows like have my, you know. Oh, for it's sure. It's just a weird thing. Oh, for sure. Like, I don't totally get it. Oh, it's the best when we're at like a booth or something and like I I don't know them. They don't know me, but I'm like, I know you're kind of famous <laughs> and you have to kind of play the game a little bit. I'm just like, come on, but what's what channel are you on again? What's going on? <laughs> just try to be a fan, but also stay professional, but have some fun with it. No, those guys are a blast, though. I should go through and count up how many views you have overall. Because one could say that you're a mini celebrity with the amount of views. That I you saw could not say that. our YouTube channel. I know the combined views of every video. It's almost four and a half million. Isn't that sweet? How many, what percentage do you think are videos that you're in versus I'm in? Ooh. No, oh, I don't know. Da, da, da. Three to one? Which way? <laughs> I mean, so many more of them than you. Yeah, but anymore, his, his early on. ones, though, had hundreds of thousands on some of them because. His one that's over 100,000, that's it. Do I have the top video still? No. What do you mean still? It's been years since you had the top no, video. No. Pepperoni to overtook you so long ago. No way. Yes, it did. Now, I, having said that, I have not checked who's in first, and it's really close, so I probably shouldn't be this cocky. <laughs> I should get, <laughs> like, fact, my, my two college and casings videos should be put together as one. No, it's 160,000. Oh wow, it's within a thousand. Oh yeah, I I win then because I did a set. That is that a replacement so video for the other one. <laughs> so you put the two together because it's technically one video. Why is this a replacement video for that? What happened? Because the first one sucked. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. It was on. Well, it didn't suck. It's just different Dude, background, are, different thing. It was are, one of the first videos you, I did. Why doesn't Austin just cut a new video and I'll update it? You can just do it here. Yeah, but you have to. You start from zero again. Oh, like you can't put well, it over sure. the video. Yeah. Well, you guys, why don't you guys do the same? I can't video. believe how close we are. Ooh, that would be. You a guys blast. do the same video, not necessarily the same script, but it's like the same length and it has the same intro and outro. Oh, that's awesome. And then we see which one does the best. Yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Uh -huh. I'd so win because oh, I could yeah, talk. Yeah. I would talk faster, and people would stay more engaged. <laughs> He's going to cheat. You by... have you have creative final edit too. So if you want something somewhere or something changed around. <laughs> I have created I final edit over his that. as well. No, I just, let, <laughs> I just let Patrick do it. For sure. um, it. It took me a while having some creative people underneath me to not try to give my input. Because in the end, whatever they come up with, like, there's nothing against you, Patrick. No, for sure. But specifically with Pat, like, the less input I give him, the better the finished product is going to be because he has better, you know, he has a better grasp on what he's doing. Taint his exactly natural exactly what he's going to yeah. go for. And with this, at least, I'm like firmly involved in the creation of what we're doing, so I have some ideas. But with that, I'm just like, hey, Pat, I need it to say this. And he's like, okay, what do you want? So I'm like, nope. Like, you, John, you John had to it. stop because like we couldn't make everything gray. Like that's <laughs> well, hold on. If we could just well, we put a little gray, gray back there. Let's make yeah, it gray. I did like gray. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember a gray backdrop? Oh, do yeah, I? that we like stretched out over the the metal studs. Dude, See, I hated yeah. if we could go back and film those things, like film what we used to, how we used to like jury rig stuff to put things <laughs> together, that would be great behind the scenes content. 
You should. Oh my gosh, I I can't do videos. Like I'm not on these type of things. Okay, I can just talk to the camera about whatever. But when I first did videos by myself, I cannot by myself talk to the camera. So I had tele. Oh, I had a teleprompter. Yeah. Yep. When when I first started doing it, Allie and I we made like four teleprompters probably, and they were some serious works of art. Oh yeah, <laughs> I wish I still had some of those around. Oh, we've that's most of it, and I still have your the hood. I think back up there. No, no, no. That that's a a commercial production oh, teleprompter. So those mm -hmm. okay. Oh no, I thought that one was janked together too. No, 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 no. That one's very nice oh. compared to okay. what I've made. We got, uh, I, there's some. We used to do bloopers a little bit, but like I said, we since we stopped using the teleprompter, there wasn't a lot of bloops anymore. And if they were, they just were too extreme, probably. So yeah, I, the. <laughs> the very first teleprompter I made was like from the scrap wood section at Menards. Oh, geez. Yeah. Then our, when we finally got fancy with it, uh, we we bought like the clear acrylic stuff and finagled our own thing off of it. That's interesting because you think, oh, you ought to be able to like drill through acrylic and do different things. And it's it's particular. Uh, it doesn't like to be drilled through. Uh, it doesn't. No, not the way I was doing it. Um, but I made a teleprompter that. Yeah, Speaking worked. of that, okay, so your really <laughs> early stuff, I know that somewhere there are first attempts at things <laughs> that you have said will never see the light of day. Have you changed your mind on that? Because you know, do you know where they exist? I have no idea where they oh. exist. You said you still have them. This is I like five know. years ago, you said you still have them, but you don't ever want them shown. Now that we're five years past that and we have a more engaged audience who I think would get a kick out of seeing some, you know, they're laughing at you, but they're more also laughing with you. No, no, it'd be a laughing at. <laughs> it was bad. I don't know. If I could find it, I'd have to watch it and and reconsider. So if I but, can find it, I'm good to just release it. Uh-huh. No, no. Cut. <clears throat> so the way you know what it is, is it would be in the classroom. We first started shooting videos in the classroom. Oh, really? So those those three desks at the front, uh -huh. those are all on casters. Those can move. So um, they used yeah. to be down the they, they used to be down the empty space in the classroom. Those were all there because it was a it was a lab basically. Okay. And so we un or took those off of the floor, set them over, put them all on casters, um, and then I would wheel one over, use that to shoot on had the wood background thing um which he loves really i thought every time i looked at it, i was like what room is that in where's that at why are we not in there like that looks perfect to start and just add a little bit more light to it i thought it was a little dim so it made the camera work a little bit <laughs> over time and uh yeah no i thought it was a, a great use of space and then what he said it was just like a wood crate in front of the window next door uh -huh. yep. and then yeah i it blew my mind that i was in the same room as that every day and didn't realize it i liked the look of it but the issue was like Allie and i didn't know what we were doing with lighting or anything or editing i mean so it, every video looked different and it made us look very unprofessional in mm -hmm. my opinion because we couldn't ever we couldn't ever repeat the same thing. We would always have a different shade of wood. Yeah, and so you're like, what's happening? We got rid of it because it just I wanted something more uniform. Yeah. So, but the the look is cool. We just couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't. No, really I get that. That's it. my that was my initial struggle when I first came here because it wasn't really all 
just set up and stuff because we'd break it down and do this. And I'm like, hold on until you really get what settings you want to use for what situation. And then as long as the color was white balance and no one ever touch it again kind of thing. But the yeah. one thing that annoys me on how we did things is we should have waited until this <coughs> kitchen was totally done before we started Meatistics University. Mm, we filmed boom, all boom, those boom, videos or early ones are shot over there. But then you think like some of our early stuff here still had what I think was like similar problems as far as like just exposure and just but not enough stuff on the background, yep. not enough like foreground. Yeah, like it very, was very boring back bare. there. It looked no. like we were in mid construction kind of so. Oh, I got to turn that light off. Remind me of that. Oh, I'll do it now so that we can all smell uh, it. Oh, uh, what does it hit you that Smelled, far away? Uh, stinky Ooh, feet. He got a full whiff of that. I think he's it's coming it. that way, Patrick. Don't even worry about it. He's got this very tasteful, like I I love that right there because like before we'd always try to put some other piece of machine and it would like tilt kind of. Uh -huh, yeah. This is perfect. And it's not the product that's tilted. It is the, the countertop. The countertop is sagging. Yeah, so. for sure. Who'd have thought putting hundreds of pounds of uh, equipment up there <laughs> should be fine. Anything. Should be fine on. Inexpensive, yeah. You can't see it on video, but it's it keeps going for like another what ten feet or so. You said I could have all granite in our new place, right? So I'm still the video king oh, because I have nice. two of the top three episodes or videos, whatever. On it's, YouTube. it's just how far do you want to extend it? Because I have seven of the top ten. Okay, but maybe we should count up all the views on all of them. Okay, who who are we gonna have go through? Oh my goodness, we have to halt everything right now. We okay. Um, he has forgotten get, something. Yep, forgot something. But you and I, we get betting on things at different times. Well, we forgot to finalize a bet, and we have a problem. Uh-oh, what? Because something already started, but we need to have a bet on this. Uh, because for whatever reason, stupid Irish oh, think, that, think that week zero is a thing in college football. So you guys already played. Unfortunately, you won. But I don't know if you really even played a team. You played Navy. I mean, uh, come on. So we need to have a we need to have a bet for college football. K-State, Notre Dame, who ends up higher uh are we going in the college football playoff rankings i would assume isn't that what we did last year because it's the only one that matters anymore really yeah yeah so going into basically hmm. bowl, bowl season and playoffs who's the highest cfp ranking no, no no it has to be like final not going into after the no, this last year we did go. We did going into so after like conference championships were over. If you were in a conference, uh, no, no final rankings. Final rankings. No, then it can't. Then it can't be CFP then, because it would have to be AP. CFP doesn't come out with a final poll. What? Do they? they don't do they? They all they care about ranking is to see who gets in the college football playoff. I mean, you know more about college football than I do, so that would. Does CFP. So what's the prize this year? That's what we're trying to come up with. Yes. CFP, in addition to the four teams selected for the playoffs, the final CFP rankings are used to determine participants. Oh, no. So that is before. All right. Whatever. We'll use the final rankings, which will be before the games. Okay. So Got final it. CFP rankings. Final CFP rankings. Okay. All right. So what is the bet? Do you have any ideas? I don't know. Is it? Uh... If you win, you can have my dogs. No, you can have my dog for see, free. Yeah. He's got a root against the team. For um, what is a good bet? What did we do? Like, what was last year? I don't remember. I lost. Oh, I had to eat mashed potatoes. That was the bet. Yeah. yeah. Should it be another potatoes. similar thing? What was but yours? Wouldn't be mashed potatoes. Like, I don't remember. 
I have to do something I don't like, you have to do something you don't like. The loser has to eat three live hissing cockroaches. No, <laughs> that's too far. He's willing to eat hissing cockroaches. I'm very confident. How many have you eaten before? Zero. Oh, okay. No, I'm very confident in Notre Dame, not my ability <laughs> to eat. I don't I don't want to turn this into fear factor. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, didn't even eat your whole plate full well, of Because they were disgusting. Do you have to do something? What if you just buy something? I want to start seeing some custom jerseys around here. But like I have to buy Austin a Kansas State jersey? I don't know. That doesn't sound It could be fun. good because jerseys are expensive. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun. I don't want to do that. See? All right, well, we'll you think no of something do it. Perfect. in the posts. We are at least going to, we're, we have a plan we have to a have bet. a bet. We have a bet. Okay. Um, so in the post on this, on Mejistics, please leave some ideas on what we could bet with. Um, food bets are fine. Um, Austin does not want to do vegan again. No, not doing uh, that. That has to be something more personal. Like a personal wager that like we are in control of entirely because going vegan for a week was literal hell. Okay, so just <laughs> give us some other ideas. We'll try and figure it out. All right, going back to uh, Meat Matters, trying to get this podcast a little bit back on track. We're like 40 minutes in and we haven't talked about Meat Matters yet. <laughs> That's fine. Usually it's right around the 30 minute mark that we normally, okay. I think we're more than 40 minutes in though, because I think we started early. We might have. Yeah. All right. First story is one of my favorites of all time. It's from cake.com. Dynamite in car turns out to be a beef stick. This was even in Kansas. Dude. Is there a fuse? Like, Greensburg. What are they talking about? First responders in Southwest Kansas were called to the report of an explosive in a car only to find it was nothing but a beefy snack. The incident happened at 4.45 p.m. Wednesday when Greensburg police and firefighters in Kiowa County deputies responded to what was reported to be a stick of dynamite attached to the dash of a vehicle. <laughs> upon arriving, or upon units arriving and securing there, it was discovered that the item in question was a beef stick. Still in its wrapper. Still in its wrapper? So it's still in its wrapper. It's not like somebody just had it out there and like, oh, is that, maybe it was like a 21 millimeter. Nope. Just in its wrapper. Somebody's an idiot or... Had a vendetta. So it looks like he had a beef against this. Looks like he had just purchased dynamite, and it's like still in like a wrapper. What is this? I don't think you can just go purchase dynamite. That's what I mean. Like, what did he think? Like, why would it come plastic wrapped? Like, hold on, hon, you got the scissors? I got to open up this. (laughs) Oh my goodness! But very, very funny story. Okay, Uh, moving on. The. Potentially life-threatening health scare on the rise in Virginia's Department of Health CDC issues warning. This is from Fox News, and I'm really just bringing this up because it is alpha gal. Uh, It appears as if what we've been talking about for, boy, I wish we could go back and find the oldest one where we talk about alpha gal. We probably can search our notes. Probably could. But they are finally talking about it on the mainstream media now. Um, so you probably will hear more about it. You can be the informed friend at your next. Do people still have like fondue parties? Is that Was that ever a thing? Where, where have I been my whole it life? It definitely was a thing at one point. Like in the 70s, people would get together and do fondue. I've never heard of a fondue party. Oh, really? Can we have a fondue party? We can 100% sometime? have. I love fondue. I, I love cheese, so I'm in. Yeah. Oh, perfect. And fondue cheese is like 
the mix of all most of my favorite cheeses. We're all okay. Can we get this Swiss. set up for like the live stream? Sure, hundred <laughs> percent. I have a no, no. I have a. Um, you got a set, don't you? Yeah, I have a fondue set. Okay, we're doing fondue. Heck yeah, I'm super excited. What's the I'm heating pumped. element? You got to remind me. Um, ours is a plug-in. Sweet. So sweet. Awesome. <laughs> we're so jazzed. I don't even care about this for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> what different? All I'm thinking yeah, about now is what fondue are the, cheese. What are the? Okay. Oh, well, I meant like that's just what it's called. There's not alternative so you can buy like a pre-mixed fondue cheese um which is the easiest way to do it um and just being honest it often comes out the best because they they know what they're doing well they they put something in it that almost makes it not congeal as much Mm, do Um, i need to have my wife make some sourdough bread oh my god that would be amazing i always i always have her have her try and get like a little bit more of a crust on it than she normally would i don't know if sourdough whatever we'll just get a butane torch and we'll do it ourselves that'd be cool Creme brulee would go. Pew, pew. You could do that, but then like I always thought the cheeses were like like it had like I thought fondue just meant it was just melted cheese in the middle. You tell me there's an actual fondue. Well, cheese there's a specific, specific. Uh, there's specific cheeses or mix of cheeses that you're supposed uh, to use. Whether or not it's like this has to be this for that. <clears throat> um, it's usually where is it? Uh, Fribourg, yay. What? No, thanks. No, thanks. Okay, hold on a second. Fribourg, yay. We can have a whole segment on I am John. French, so John, I'm just trying to say words. I probably yes. nailed that because I'm no, French. That's probably exactly how you say it. Uh, oh, oh, my gosh. Please. All right. Make my own fondue. <laughs> Are we saying fondue right now? It's like, I don't trust that. Saying it how I've always said it. Fondue. But all right. They, where are the mixes of cheeses? Because it's like Gruyere. Um, Gouda. Which is already a Swiss. How do we know we're saying Gruyere? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't trust a single word coming out of your mouth. <laughs> oh, this is super annoying. Well, were, you, were you on Bing? That's probably what it was. Mm. Comte, Emmentelar, it's a variety of Swiss cheese, Gruyere, Raclette, and Vacherin. Man, I would have thought Gruyere would have been like one of the hardest ones to say on that list. And no, I would have I've said wrong. it tons of times before. <laughs> well, I mean, just compare, <laughs> forget the other one you said. I don't think I've ever heard out loud before. I feel like you just cast a spell on this. Yeah, I don't know if right? I, yeah, I mean, that. I honestly might have been. Reading something that wasn't even a cheese for the all. Necronomicon you're reading over there. Clatu <laughs> <laughs> Verata. <laughs> all right. This one is from uh, RTE. It says EPA deletes eat less meat tweet following IFA objection. So this is from the article. Are you kidding me? I didn't see that. That is horrible. I just moved everything badly. Okay, good. Got it back. <laughs> Uh, A tweet advocating consumers cut back on red meat consumption has been deleted by the Environmental Protection Agency following objections from the Irish Farmers Association. The tweet posted yesterday by EPA's X account, formerly Twitter, urged consumers to try veggie recipes and reduce your red meat consumption slowly, veggie lunches, meat-free Mondays, etc. The tweet also pointed out that about 10% of meat that is bought is thrown out. Following a complaint from the IFA, 
The EPA responded to the farming organizations saying that it was in intention to share helpful advice, not to cause anger, but acknowledge it may have perceived it differently. Now, check. Yeah, no, I did the exact same thing. That is such BS. Right? That just is to loathe. Go ahead. I, Go ahead. I, as soon as, yeah, you hear a stat like, well, 10% of meat is thrown out. Well, yeah, what percent of veggies and fruit is is thrown out? So this is from uh, what, like an or, org website. Sure. So not a commercialized place. 52%. <laughs> yeah. 52%. Oh, yeah. Come on. We've all been there. You go, oh, yeah, I forgot I had lettuce in the fridge. And now it's yeah. like this disgusting blob. Yeah. Oh, it melts down to almost water. Or stuff yeah. that you think is fresh for a couple. I mean, we've all bought a tomato and two days later you go, that's that's mold. How's it bad? What's going on? The UN estimates that nearly half of all fruits and veggies produced worldwide are wasted each year. In the United States alone, nearly 30% of all food worth approximately $48.3 billion is thrown away. Yeah, I'd say meat is probably on the very low end of that. The best thing yeah. out there. Yeah. Yep. So the fact that they thought they could use that as a cudgel, while they must have known that half of all the fruits and veggies. Oh, yeah. And they weren't going to get called out on it. Yeah, but twist the facts to to fit your narrative. Yeah. Well, and our, our EPA is a very corrupt organization. Well, think about all the food that is being eaten that has gone beyond spoiled date. That's, once again, vegetables would lead the rise on that opposed to sure. meat. So. Yep. They cause more, more foodborne illness every year, too. All right. Uh, June meat report data. Positive for both beef and pork. This is Iowa Agri Business Week or uh, Business Radio. Sorry, U.S. pork exports concluded an excellent first half with another strong performance in June, according to data released by the USDA and compiled by the U.S. Meat Export Federation. While well below the record pace established in two, or 2022, June beef exports topped $900 million in value pushing first-half export value to nearly $5 billion. USMEF President and CEO Dan Holstrom said that while the growth in pork sales is led by Mexico, a number of regions are contributing to strong exports. For the first six months, we're up 14% on volume and up 12% on value. And the real star of the show continues to be Mexico, up 14% off, off of last year, by far a record. So Mexico is buying a bunch of our beef and pork. Uh, good for them, but I mean, we're already worried about low cattle availability. I would like to see a little bit less emphasis on exporting. Unless we're talking about things, you know, there are cuts I'm sure that they want that Americans just don't. I'm sure that's a good portion of it. Is a, There's a lot of what's being exported are the cuts that we don't particularly prefer here in the states, but I got, if if I got some face, would you eat some face? What? No, not human. Like cattle. I'd rather just eat something that's I know is going to be good. Eat my face. like my wife is trying to get us to eat more like organ meat and stuff, and I'm just like, but but why? <laughs> like I don't like I know eating eating beef liver is going to be great for you. Yeah, but. I'd rather just eat a steak or a hamburger. Like I'm on a huge hamburger kick right now. I eat hamburgers like every single day, every meal. Are you using patty mixes? No. Do you always uh, have cheese? I just, I, I would. How so, embarrassing is that? That's almost as bad as when you said you'd rather have cheese than meat. 
uh, to be honest, most most of the burgers I'm doing, I'm just doing topicals, or I go to Walnut Valley and get their grizzly burgers, okay. and they they have like yeah yeah stuff inside it. Yep. So um, yeah, I just why like why why do I want to eat liver when it just to me it doesn't taste near as good as all my other options. I'm just gonna buy the other stuff. Oh, it, yeah, it's the exact opposite of not tasting near as good. It tastes bad. It's something you eat for the health benefits. Yeah, which I'm not not into it's packed with micronutrients though yeah i take vitamins, vitamins every day yeah it doesn't your body does not absorb them the same way as it would if you started eating liver true so. okay uh moving on usda makes grants available for meat and poultry processors it's from rural development the usda is partnering with the new hampshire community loan fund to make available 123 million dollars in grants to the meat and poultry processing expansion program. The program is part of a series of actions the Biden-Harris administration has taken to promote a fairer, more competitive, and more resilient meat and poultry supply chain. The grant will help independent business build and modernize processing facilities and equipment, adopt new technologies, and train workers, among other activities. Eligible projects may receive grants from $250,000 up to $10 million. Successful applicants must be able to cover 70% of their total project cost. That last little bit. So they're going to give you some money, but you have to be able to, that is just like, hey, if you don't have enough to finish this, you just nodding, like, is that how it normally goes? It depends on what type of grant. Some things are like, here, here's money for the whole thing. Here, sometimes it's like, hey, here's half, here's this. It just, it depends. Hmm just yeah that's the government don't make it easier simple add add a layer of complication everything like there's plenty of times where i have enough for 70 percent of the gun i want Mm. but that last 30 percent do you think the government would step in and help me out with that you know i think they probably should they probably should. that would be the right thing i would think so (laughs) Uh, montana producers confront meat processing backlogs This is from the Missoulin.com. Three weeks ago, rancher Angela Campbell was on the verge of shutting down her retail meat business after confronting what's been a consistent obstacle since starting, meat processing. While Angela has the pigs and cows already primed for butchering and the demand was there for the meat itself, the facility she looked at had already wait lists scheduled through December. As her last reserves of packed meat, her family sells at local markets and to subscribers dwindled. She luckily found a place roughly nine or 90 miles away in Helena that was able to squeeze in some of her livestock. It was one of those situ- situations where it's like the animals are, are ready, Angela said, gesturing to the herd of roughly 35 red Hereford cows grazing at a sixth generation old medicine ranch. But it's finding the butcher that's continually been our biggest challenge. I mean, how far? It's four months away. That's nothing compared to what it was, really. Yeah, that's true. You, it, but that to be honest, that's kind of been like the story for a long time. Yeah, that's why so many new meat processors have opened up over the past three years. And to be honest, I uh, there was actually a meat processor, um, uh, not like close to us, but I don't know kind of close to us not like across the country um that um i didn't know um customer of ours um talking to dylan the other day and he said oh yeah they were bought out by so and so 
because uh, they uh, had uh, like a huge cattle herd and they were having problems getting their beef in to be processed. So they were just like, meh, we'll go buy this processor. They bought them and now they process all their own stuff there. There you go. Um, it's just, it, it's a common issue uh, among cattle producers is finding someone to process their, their beef. But hopefully um, that's not going to continue to be an issue with the increased production availability between amongst all the new processors out there. Um, some of them through the, like their first couple years also were like saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm only going to do this. Um, cause everyone was so busy. They could, they could really pick and choose whatever they wanted to do. A lot of them were like, well, I'm not going to do wild game. And there was a lot of existing guys that were like, I'm no longer doing wild game. There's a lot of those new plants and older existing guys that stopped doing wild game that are becoming more apt to say, yeah, I'm going to do wild game this year now uh, because things have slowed down um, and people are starting to have more capacity. So they're not just picking and choosing what they want. They're starting to accept more things. So hopefully give it, give it still some more time here, but the whole market will hopefully start to just kind of ease out and be easier to get. Well, a couple of things on that. Um, the reason it would be easing out, at least in part is because the, drop in the beef supply herd yeah so that's not a good thing that makes me angry and scared then i wonder how many people in the last two or three years who usually drop their deer off at a local processing plant couldn't find anyone to do it so they decided to do it themselves bought a grinder bought a mixer bought a stuffer and now they're just like no i'm not going back to that i'm doing mm -hmm. this myself now i like what i get better I don't know about that last part. So it depends. Some people have different reasons for the quote unquote better mm -hmm. because some people, some, uh, some people don't like taking to a processor because they don't get their deer back. Most processors, most processors don't. Some don't, do. Yeah. Some do, but the most ones don't. that do, to be honest, in my opinion, it's crazy. The amount of, the amount of work and everything that goes into it, it's, it's almost unreasonable. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why you get just a generic amount of deer back. Right. Um, it's a lot more efficient. Um, but if you want to know exactly what yours is, what it goes through, do it at home. Yeah. Yep. And you also get the pride then of saying, I did this myself. Mm -hmm. So, oh, I mean, I guess you could get the pride of, Hey, I paid somebody else to do this. <laughs> uh, so, uh, just the cost of basic fertilizer, hay, the things it takes to take care of animals, that's going up substantially too. So I find people to be in the position where they can't really afford to have the cattle anymore. They need those processes. They can't afford to feed them. So there we go. It's back to, but that was just last year that we had all those people selling off their cattle. So that's still going on. Mm -hmm. It'd take a couple of years for things to get back to normal. Makes me sad. All right. You want to talk about this one since I can't see it? Yep. Uh, I put a new link in there if you want to open it up too but uh this one uh from kansas.com kansas lets hunters bait deer most states don't i don't know that that's entirely accurate but a disease might make kansas change uh, so this is kind of a scary article um because a lot of people in kansas uh in their deer hunting they set out feeders yep. and um they are attracting deer that way um this new proposed law would basically ban that across the entire state um all because of the uh 
chronic uh, wasting fe- disease. Yeah, the, the fear of issues with chronic wasting disease, which is an issue in like Northwest Kansas. Northwest Kansas, they estimate that like a third of deer That's a lot. Uh, or of young, young deer um, are infected with it. Um, but as you get towards like the eastern and southeastern part of Kansas, like central uh, central to eastern Kansas is 1% to 4% or eastern Kansas 1%. Okay. So we're talking very small numbers. But out west, it is a big deal. In theory, it's probably going to move. I mean, you would think. But it's also been a very slow, slow process over the past 30 years that we've started seeing CWD numbers rise and rise and rise. So it's not like an overnight thing, but um, my hope is that they come up with some other solution uh, for managing CWD than saying, Hey, no, no more, no more deer feeders, because that's, that's going to, that's going to really hurt if not kill um, a number of outfitters and hunting lodges that they bring in people from out of state who are going to come in and yeah, they're going to spend 10 grand to go, go deer hunt. And that's money that comes into the state. And uh, in theory, I mean, some of that money goes to the person and they just keep it. But that person's probably going to spend it then. So it's money coming out of the state to in greatest, the greatest type of flow of cash for our state is from a outside to, to stuff on the inside. So it's a uh, great, like just, it's a great money-making thing for tons of people in the state. And I'd hate to see like that, just like, boom, fall off a cliff. Um, Did they say why they think corn or any feedlot may be, or feeder might be responsible for the... So instead of deer going to like a cornfield and just eating what they find or wherever, pasture, wherever they're finding food, they're uh, out scavenging for whatever, um, they... Um, would normally go kind of be kind of by themselves or mm-hmm. if they were together they would still be away from each other because you're okay. not going to be eating the same exact thing right there whereas a feeder every everything is coming to this very fine centrally located spot and then they're going to the bathroom poop and pee on the food and around and then that's how the next deer comes and eats the food that they've pooped and peed on and now they get infected so okay i mean yeah, I don't know. Maybe that makes sense. Maybe it doesn't. I mean, they're communal animals anyways. So I don't think that it's going to change the spread of it. What they would need to do, at least in my opinion, to be able to prove that this is even worth considering, would to look at other states that have already had this and did it spread much or significantly worse in states that allowed feeders versus states that did not. Because my understanding is the biggest spread or spreader of this is um, it's a certain type of fly. It's a certain type of biting fly that mm-hmm. transmits it most oftenly. So if we have that fly here, which I'm sure we do, then what are we talking about? Like, what's the difference in allowing feeders or not? It is spreading anyways. And what we need to do is be better at killing all the infected animals earlier on. Yeah, it'd be great if we could come up with a way to identify what ones are infected and we have a massive culling project yeah. and say, hey, you go find this deer, go take Just it out. Kill as many deer as you want. All year round. It'd be great. That would be fun. But I'd buy extra freezers, many of them. Well, the point is they don't want you to eat it. I'm eating it. Yeah. 
So I don't know. technically they haven't found anything that affects humans off of CWD, but because it's a, uh, I don't know, a sister disease to mad cow disease. Yeah. Um, it's scary because if it does Man, end up freaking out about crossing over, um, I mean, it's, it would be a very deadly thing. Um, get the shakes. Yeah. So I don't know. Right now, it's just one of those things that, yeah, it's probably actually not causing a problem, but what if it did? Mm. If it did, it'd be a big thing. You would still eat it. I'd have so many deer steaks. Um, also, that would then, like, you know, my whole end of the world stuff, I'm set up for that. So, Did you put that, like, two-year-old freezer-burned beef in your freezer? I, yeah, 100%. Okay. Do you have any plan to actually use it? I've already or? used it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've already used a full one of those like 10 pound tubes. Was it okay? Yeah. Flavor was fine. Um, texture, a little bit off maybe, and the fat didn't taste quite as good. So I guess I can't say flavor was fine, but yeah, no, it was fine. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. All right. Uh, a neighbor hit my, well, you know what? I'm going to save this one for next one because it's long and we're already running over. But basically, a neighbor hit this guy's car and lied about it, or he says he lied about it. So this guy intentionally ruined 300 pounds of his meat. That's um, rough. And then he, this guy thinks he's the good guy. So, But we'll talk about that later. Uh, Mom's huge meat haul makes case for Costco membership. She has a picture of all the meat that she got, and she got it all for $43. Um, it was two cooked cold chicken, 300 grams, six raw chicken breasts, seven 500 gram uh, packages of minced beef. Um, so it came out to $4.41 per meal. It was $1.10 per person. Just add pasta and rice, sauce and veggies. So I don't want to hear people can't afford to eat meat because that is ridiculously affordable oh it's definitely in what type of meat you buy meat can be expensive meat can also not be expensive depends on what it is mm, yeah well yeah no yes not mm, yeah yes you are correct or it's how you go about buying it which by the way are you close to needing needing more more beef no i literally just got one yeah i know but you eat real fast you eat a lot i look no okay no why are you thinking about putting in for one again yeah, I'm going to get something. Are you putting in for the first? Oh, it's going to be six months. Yeah. So you're ready. So. But that's that's the way to do it. You get all your cuts of meat for four to five bucks yep. a pound instead of paying a ridiculous amount. Small for this and then 20 bucks for steak and different things. It just, yeah, it's the way to buy your beef. It definitely is. All right. 800 pound, 14 foot alligator caught in Mississippi breaks harvest record. A lot of leather. Look at the size of that thing. That is huge. Right? I mean, 14 foot, anything over 12 foot for a great white is when I start getting scared. 14 foot. I'll take a 10 foot great white. I'm not afraid of that. No, I would. Well, I don't know. I have more control over on the land, so I'd probably rather take the gator than the shark. I, I have no control over what how happens many, in the water. How many estimated sharks are in the ocean? Like ones that could do harm to you? Because I, I read something today about grizzly bears. 
how there's an estimated oh, like you saw that the guys what, what, that, what yeah. it, like 13 1900 something like that like 1800 in the lower 48 but i don't think that's that's like guaranteed to have and then maybe there could be more. could be more yeah but that's still like that's a manageable number so well the so only sharks speak. the only sharks that at least i'm afraid of are great whites tigers and kind of bulls bulls mostly because they could be in freshwater anything in the ocean i am but any three of those if you go up against your and you could be in for some trouble. Go up against. I wouldn't see it coming, dude. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's the real. <laughs> that's the hard. Th- I mean, that's what scares me about them. It's not. If I saw one in the water, I'm sure I'd like. I'd either feel like incredibly odd or very peaceful. I'm like worried about being hit out of nowhere by something. Sure, hundred percent. But man, the force of that thing. It wouldn't, I feel bad for the shark. Like they could eat anybody, and you're eating me. <laughs> Rookie move. Do you want to guess what they estimate for sharks? Total. Total. That's impossible because there's so many small sharks. Yeah. Is it all sharks or something? Yeah, all yeah, sharks. Yeah. And there are like there are small sharks, like sharp nosed sharks that like they do nothing. There's a ridiculous number of them. I, I don't even have a remote guess. I'll say four hundred million. Okay, so they estimate that at least a billion sharks. Oh, and it's probably way higher than Scientists that. estimate that there are around 100 million sharks killed by humans each year. What? Yeah. Sharks are still abundant, so there could be billions or even hundreds of billions Who's of sharks. Who's sharking that hard? Come on. Uh, that, I don't find a billion hard to believe at all. Hundreds of billions. What about great whites? Could you ask it great whites? Yeah, it'll have that. I will be interested to see what it says, because like you know, when I was growing up, when, like in the late '80s, they're like they're endangered, they're, <sighs> they won't be around always, and now they're everywhere. Does it have a an estimation? They're very hard to I mean, track. I, I mean, we every time it's on the news, we go, "Hey, shark attack!" Like we let everyone in the office know, and that that it's increasing each year. Yep. Like it's like, "Hey, now the shark!" Hey, now, like it's almost every other week if. In summer, you read some kind of article about it. So, from 2014, they estimate 5,000. Yeah, that's way more than that's that. insane. There's it's no way it's way just more that. than that. That's a stupid great number. Whites, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, why is mine not here? Or is mine? No, my shark story is better than yours. Austin had a shark story of <laughs> this guy put a drone up southern over Southern California and was following people interaction with sharks how often the person knew the shark was there a person how often the person didn't know but none of the sharks were big they were all like you know mostly 10 foot that's not that's 10 foot maybe it's bigger than a human yeah but that eats fish that has not yet graduated to eating mammals when they get dangerous to humans is when they they go after seals sea lions like as they're those are mammals that when they start going after that as their main food source, that's when they look up and they go, oh, that kind of looks like a seal. Or it's the crazy ones. What about you? You have this crazy idea in your head that you want to go hunt elk, probably bear. I don't feel like all kinds of- elk is a crazy one. No, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating, okay. but you want to hunt animals that are bigger than you. So what? why would it be uh, an, an insane thought to just think a shark that is already bigger than a human is like, you know, I normally would go for small fish, but... Okay, that's fair. This guy looks tasty today. That's fair. But in general, there's a huge area of Southern California that is like a great white nursery. Um, 
So they don't tend to hang around. The big ones don't tend to hang around there. They are there. They're for sure there. In fact, I think the largest recorded great white to ever kill somebody was from Southern California. What's the smallest? And then what if that's the that's the one that kills you is the smallest great white kill? <laughs> a little cookie history. cutter shark just bites me so many times that I bleed out. <laughs> I'm not worried about this, guys. You should not be worried about this shark. I'll demonstrate now. You can hold it near vitals and it doesn't even do it. And that's where it kills you. All right, and then mine is from Australia. A 44-year-old man is in serious condition after he was bitten by a great white shark on the state's mid-north coast. Local surfer Toby Begg suffered injuries to both legs and underwent surgery at Port Macquarie Base. Uh, update to that, by the way. He is back in surgery again. So oh, this man. guy might not make it. Oh, um, paramedics were called to Lighthouse Beach at Port Maraqua at 10 a.m. Uh, police said he was injured at Watonga Rocks. They have ridiculous names back there. And the Great White was between 3.8 and 14.2 meters long. So up to about 15 feet. It came back for him multiple times. Dude. So it bit him. He was trying to fend it off, fend it off. It swam away and then came back at him and he was fending it off. And then finally, as he's like, kind of, it goes away and comes back again. The next time it went away, he's like, oh, I'm losing a lot of blood. So he starts trying to like swim to shore. Mm. It doesn't say, like generally when you read a story like this, seems like specifically in Australia, people will go out to like try and get the person. I think that's unbelievably brave. Mm. Like that's a crazy level of braveness. Um, but it did not say anyone came out to help this guy. It said he made it to shore. So I think they all saw that it came back multiple times for him. And they're like, all right, that thing wants him. Yeah. So, so, so this is probably a bad description question, but I'm asking anyways. Uh, so is it like on Finding Nemo when <laughs> Bruce, I think it's Bruce the shark, gets like that little hint of blood like, and yep. goes nuts? So do they like think like, hey, I'm going to go away, but then they're catching so much scent of blood that it's just like they're just primally driven. Like I'm going back because I want more. So a great white's actually an ambush pre predator. So that's why there's a couple things. That's why they're uh, white underbelly. So if something's underneath them looking up, it's hard to see. And that's why they have that darker top. Because so if you look down and it's swimming down, it's harder to see. Because it wants to come up underneath you or it, whatever it's eating, chomp it, injure it, and then swim around basically until it bleeds out. Right? Mm -hmm. That's its natural way that it would kill a seal, uh, a sea lion, anything like that. Um, it partly does that because it's that huge head of it. Its whole nose is filled with these things called the ampullae of Lorenzini. And they're like jelly filled. You ever have like huge, um, like your nose has get, gets real big pores sometimes. Mm -hmm. It basically has that. And they're all filled with this jelly that's like super sensitive to electrical stimulation. So, you know, that's why like you often see it bite metal things. Cause it's like, what is that? Um, but that stuff's also really easy to get injured. Like seals have claws. They can rake the shark's nose and really damage it. So that's why it bites and like goes away. I think what happens, and they think what happens is it bites, starts circling, and then often the person will try and get away. And it's like, nope, you're not going anywhere. Crunk, got you again. Hmm. So I don't think it's like I'm, I'm blood maddened. In fact, feeding frenzies with them tend to be like super calm events. Like they really? think whales, like when a whale carcass uh, they think that is a major factor in great whites breeding. 
because they'll go gorge themselves so much that they will be way less aggressive with each other. They just had something where a guy was like swimming through, uh, swimming around a whale carcass as a great white was feeding. It was a big shark too. The shark didn't want anything to do with him. I was like, got whale blubber here. What do I want with you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Crazy. Sorry about that. That gave me a chance to some shark knowledge. Yep. Well, if you stay around this long, you are now a shark expert. Expert. I am an expert. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for checking out the Meat Logistics Podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Waltons. Everything but the meat.